0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets Podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Yeah. here's your host, Joe Caporoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets Podcast, recorded in the Vivid Seats studio I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today is part one of our 10-part, 10 10-day 10 series looking at the biggest questions facing the New York Jets in 2019 that are going to determine whether they are going to be a playoff team or not and be able to break their eight-year playoff drought. This is going to run, as I just said, 10 straight days. Each episode will be about 20 minutes long, with me going solo uh, and diving deeper on one of these questions. Today's episode is going to ask the question, can Sam Darnold make the quote-unquote leap? We're going to talk nothing but Sam Darnold and nothing but that question in today's episode. Quick reminder to use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. Remember to check that out. And, of course, remember to subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes. Okay, Sam Darnold, if you ask any Jet fan right now, what they are most excited about with this team and why they are optimistic that they are going to be significantly better this season than they've been the previous 3 seasons 90 I don't know 90 to 99% of them are going to answer Sam Darnold the quarterback who the Jets took 3rd overall in the NFL draft last year started 13 games for the 4 and 12 Jets uneven in the first parts of the season although did have a couple standout performances Missed three games due to a somewhat vague injury, uh, and then came back and finished the season very strongly. Most people seem to classify it as he closed the final quarter of the year with four terrific games. That's not exactly accurate. He didn't really play all that great in the finale against New England, although it was an impossibly difficult situation. But the two games that really got everybody excited, or really the two and a half games, were The second half on the road against Buffalo, he left initially in the first half with an injury, returned in that game, led a game-winning drive against Josh Allen in difficult circumstances for the win, then came out in back-to-back games that the Jets did ultimately lose against Houston and Green Bay, but played particularly well and showed off all the physical tools that had everybody assuming he was going to be the first overall pick in the draft for a really long time. Against Houston, 24-38 253 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Then the following week in an overtime loss to Green Bay, 24 of 35, 341 yards with a 9.7 per attempt, Uh, two, I'm sorry, three touchdowns, again, with no turnovers. Uh, Those two games and the second half against Buffalo are really the bulk of why everybody is so excited about this guy who was 21 last year as a starter, potential going forward in year two. Now, the Jets did not surround Darnold with an optimal offensive supporting cast in his rookie year. For large chunks of his season, his starting running back was Elijah McGuire, and the backup running back was Trenton Cannon, two guys who very well may not get a single carry this season for the Jets or for any NFL team. Uh, There were weeks where his top receivers were Andre Roberts, who was predominantly a kick returner. uh, Jermaine Kearse, who looked very much over the hill in the slot. Uh, Quincy Inouye missed a ton of time around him, uh, particularly in the back half of the year. Robbie Anderson was a big part of why Darnold finished the season hot, but he was not there consistently throughout the season as he was also banged up Basically, there was a rotating cast of journeymen playing receiver and running back for Darnold along with a slightly below average to very below average offensive line, including dealing with a center situation uh, with Spencer Long where he could not accurately snap the ball to Darnold. And in Darnold's worst game on the road against the Miami Dolphins where he threw four interceptions, a lot of them... You can't solely blame Spencer Long, but Darnold having to jump up and catch a snap and then try to throw the ball or complete a pass certainly did not help things overall. So Darnold's net stat line for his rookie year, 2,865 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He had two lost fumbles, although one of them is a little shaky on being blamed on him, uh, which was an encouraging shot sign because fumbling was such a problem for him at USC. Darnold did also run for 138 yards and had one rushing touchdown. So not eye-popping stats, but with the close to the season, did finish with more touchdowns and interceptions and showed the type of games that he could have when he really gets into a rhythm, especially with a limited supporting cast around him. So never mind the personnel that Darnold was playing with last year. He had Jeremy Bates as his offensive coordinator, a guy who... Does not have a job in the NFL this year, and prior to last year, had been an offensive coordinator for one year with the Seattle Seahawks, and just like his time with the Jets, he was fired after that one year of being in that role. Todd Bowles, certainly not known as an offensive coach, did not get a head coaching job elsewhere. The Jets didn't just fire the entire coaching staff around Sam Darnold, they fired the entire front office. So now in year two, he will have a new offensive staff around him and he will have a new front office around him, although they were added late in the process, so their fingerprints really aren't on what this roster is going to be in year two. But when you look at the supporting cast... And what the Jets did to make life easier on Sam Darnold. And everything needs to be about making life better for Sam Darnold. Because if Darnold is good, everything else that is a problem with this team right now will be less impactful. Because if you have the best quarterback on the field most weeks, you're going to win most weeks. And this is an offensive-dominated league, and you need to outscore teams. And if Donald is playing quarterback at a great-to-elite level, the Jets are just going to win more games than they lose because that's how the NFL works these days. So what the Jets did at the skill positions is that they moved their slot receiver from Jermaine Curse to Jamison Crowder. A player who, when healthy, has been very productive in that role and has a skill set that should be really conducive to Adam Gase's offense. And we've seen Darnold and Crowder already look comfortable together with called plays and with improvised plays in the preseason opener against the Giants. They will have a healthy Robbie Anderson, as it stands now, to go with a healthy Quincy Anua. Chris Herndon, their rookie tight end, who was very promising during his rookie year is unfortunately going to be suspended for the first four games. However, the Jets will have him for the final 12. They signed veteran Ryan Griffin to help bridge the gap, along with using a fourth round pick on tight end Trevin Wesco. Of course, the biggest acquisition of the Jets offseason was Le'Veon Bell, who went healthy in 2017 and when playing, not when healthy, is arguably the best overall running back in the league. Great as a pass catcher, great as a runner will be the most talented offensive player that Sam Darnold has had a chance to play with in his brief NFL career. The Jets also added further depth at the running back position by signing Ty Montgomery, a former wide receiver who has now moved over to running back and a player who slots in well with a somewhat similar skill set to On Bell and will give the team improved overall depth. They also brought Bilal Powell back, who was hurt most of last year, to be the third string back. So they've went from a situation where Elijah Maguire was their number one running back to now he's their number four running back. So Darnold's top six pass catchers in 2019 are going to be, in any given order, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Quincy Inouye, Chris Herndon, Le'Veon Bell, and Ty Montgomery. There were times last season where his top six pass catching options were Jermaine Curse, Andre Roberts, Deontay Burnett, Elijah Maguire, Trenton Cannon, and then either Chris Herndon or Robbie Anderson, uh, if both of them were healthy at the same time. So a pretty drastic upgrade there. On the offensive line, the Jets traded for Kelechi Semele, who, if he is himself, will be a major upgrade over James Carpenter at the offensive guard position. The Jets were not proactive enough in handling center in the offseason, so they've made the recent signing of the unretired Ryan Khalil. Remains to be seen How quickly he could integrate back to playing football. And there probably will still be some rough patches early in the year, as this Jets offensive line is far from a finished product and far from being one of the top units in the NFL. But if there's any area that this offense should feel a little concerned about around Darnold, it's more of the offensive line than the skill positions. Now, as a play caller, Darn will be getting Adam Gase now. Even though he's the head coach, he'll basically be the de facto offensive coordinator. I don't think anybody's excited about Gase bringing Dowell Loggins along as the official offensive coordinator, but it will be Gase who is calling the plays. And for whatever problems you have with Gase, and I was not personally a fan of the hiring, he should be a very substantial upgrade over Jeremy Bates as a play caller if he is going to stick with calling the plays week to week. And what Gase has talked about and what we've seen in the first two preseason games is that the Jets are going to play up-tempo with Darnold. They're going to spread the field out. Their base offense is going to be three receivers, one tight end, one running back. They're going to run no huddle. They're not going to milk the play clock. And they're going to try to have to shoot out teams because their defense is behind their offense this year, which is a rarity for this year. So the Jets are going to win by scoring 27, 30, 35 points and counting on Sam Darnold, to produce points at a high volume and be able to make adjustments and make calls at the line. They can't spoon-feed him things anymore. That's what his rookie year was for. And they're going to put this offense on his shoulders, which will lead to some turnovers and mistakes at times. That's Darnold's style of play. He is going to improvise outside of the pocket. That's when he is at his best as well. But he is never going to be someone who does not take chances and does not have any turnovers. He has to be able to cancel out the turnovers by big plays he can make offensively. And if everybody is healthy and everybody plays to their expectations, there is no reason to expect that this Jets offense won't make a substantial leap over where they were at last year because there's just going to be significantly more talent out there. Again, that top six pass-catching options is better than most people give them credit for and is a strong enough supporting cast around Darnold where he should be able to make a fairly sizable leap. And if Darnold makes that quote-unquote leap, the concerns on the offensive line, if the Jets can be smart about having quick releases, getting him outside the pocket, should not mitigate the high volume of points that they should be able to score, which will hopefully help cancel out some of the concerns on the defense. Now, when we talk about the quote-unquote leap. We're talking about things that we've seen recently from quarterbacks like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Guys who were a little inconsistent at times in their rookie year, and then came on very strong in their second year. You look at Jared Goff; he started seven games his rookie year. Darnold started thirteen, but he was a player who was zero and seven, five touchdowns to seven interceptions, uh, and was completing about fifty-four percent of his passes. In year two, he jumped up to twenty-eight touchdowns with seven interceptions, completing sixty-two percent of his passes, and was eleven and four as a starter. Also improved his yards per attempt from 5.3 to 8. Carson Wentz, his rookie year, somewhat comparable to Darnold, played 16 games instead of 13, went 7-9, and nine, completed 62% of his passes with 16 touchdowns to 14 interceptions and a 6.2 yards per attempt. His second year prior to getting injured, and this was over uh, 12 games or so, uh, Wentz goes 33 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. With a big jump in his yards per attempt, uh, going from 5.7 to 8.3, completion percentage did stay above 60 before he was obviously injured. Wentz was arguably the front runner for an MVP candidate before he went down with an injury. And, of course, Nick Foles took over and ultimately led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. These were not just minor jumps, but seismic jumps that carried the Rams and the Eagles into being legitimate contenders in the second year of playing for these quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is a little bit of a different comparison because he didn't really play his rookie year, and he had an MVP season in year two throwing for over 50 touchdowns. I, and even the most optimistic Jet fan, probably can't expect that from Sam Darnold this year. But the question is, can he have a version of the kind of years that Goff and Wentz had in year two, where he can get up at or over 30 touchdowns, keep his interception number where it is, if not get lower, and make a sizable jump in his yards per attempt. His completion percentage should absolutely trickle up, particularly with the style of offense that Adam Gase runs. Last year, he was at 57.7. I think it would be a disappointment if he can't get over 60. What's going to be key is that, Darnold played in 13 games last year through 17 touchdowns. If he plays in 16 games this year, can he get to 30 touchdowns or slightly more than that while keeping his interception number at 15 or lower? 15 is a fairly high number, particularly for 13 games. 15 and 16 games is not quite as bad, but you do want to see that number get lower. Again, Wentz in year two and his 12 games, only through seven interceptions. Goff in year two in 15 games, only through seven interceptions. Is Donald ever going to be a quarterback who's safely under 10? I'm not sure, but if he can get closer to 10 rather than getting closer to 20, I think that will be a positive leap. And from a yardage total standpoint, Donald wasn't able to crack 3000 last year. He He would have if he played all 16 games, The real question is, can he get up around 4,000 yards now if he does play 16 games? If you look at him last year, 2,865 yards divided by 13 starts means that he was throwing for about 220 a game. So can he get that number up to closer to 250 a game where if he starts 16, he's going to be right at 4,000? Because that's kind of what it takes in today's NFL with today's offenses. Now, The good news about Darnold is that everything we've heard about him this offseason has been positive. He says all the right things. He's done all the right things. He's taken his receivers out to the West Coast to work out. He's been lights out in training camp by anyone who's seen him play. He's been lights out so far in the preseason from what we've seen. Can he continue to build on that and perform in some less than optimal situations early in the year? The Jets have valid questions on their offensive line, and they're going to struggle defensively, particularly in the secondary. And the most difficult part of the Jets' schedule is their first six games before it, quote-unquote, gets softer in the middle part of the year. Can Darnold be the key figure that allows them to tread water in those first six games? Can he outscore Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns offense? Can he steal a game from New England and get his first win against the Patriots? Can he upset a Philadelphia on the road and make sure that this team is at at least three and three through their first six, so they don't have a big one and five or two and four hole to dig themselves out of over the course of the middle part of the season? All eyes are going to be on Darnold, and their offense is going to go how he goes. And Gase having a strong working relationship with Darnold and getting the most out of him is going to be the main thing that's going to make or break his tenure with, this, with the team because his record overall is shaky. He did get some production comparatively out of Ryan Tannehill. Darnold's a much more talented player. Gase never played with tempo in Miami, but the theory is that he did that because he wasn't confident about his talent level of his quarterback or his supporting cast. That should not be an issue here. We don't have any indications from the preseason that it's going to be an issue, but when push comes to shove and the Jets defense is allowing a lot of points and Darnold is taking a few hits here or there, will Gase keep his foot on the gas and allow Darnold to still operate a hurry up? with a spread offense, and allow him to make some decisions and checks and audibles at the line rather than trying to be stubborn and put everything on himself and saying it has to be his way or the highway. Donald has the talent to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. He has not proven he can be yet. There's been flashes of it. Jet fans have every right to be overly excited about his talent level and believe that he can be, quote-unquote, the guy, but it has not been proven yet. And for Darnold to take the necessary step in year two, for the Jets to be a legitimate playoff con- playoff contender, he's going to need to hit 30 touchdowns, which is 13 more than he had last year, and he's going to need to be right in spitting distance of 4,000 yards, which is almost 1,000 more yards than he had last year. All of that, while increasing his completion percentage from 57 to at least 60, if not 61 or 62. And keeping his turnover number flat, if not getting lower. He had 17 total turnovers last year. The Jets need that number to not increase at all, even though he plays in three more games this year. And, of course, they need him to stay healthy because if Darnold does not stay healthy, then none of this stuff really matters because the Jets are not going anywhere with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. It's Darnold or bust for this team. And Darnold is so important to this franchise long-term that while... In my perspective, the only barometer for success in the NFL is winning and winning more games than you're losing. But if the Jets go 8-8 eight and eight next year and Sam Darnold is flat-out great, and you know what? They had one of the best offenses in the league, but their defense was just so, so bad. They couldn't overcome it, and they lost some close games and went 8-8. Eight and eight. There's still a way to saying that 2019 was a success if Darnold made that big of a leap. Now, you would hope if he makes that big of a leap, everyone else is able to do enough Uh, to sustain them being a playoff team. But Donald is the most important person in this organization right now. And if he could reach that threshold, the Jets do have a very real chance, thanks to the division that they're in, that they could win nine or ten games and legitimately be a playoff team in his second year. And if that happens, a lot more things are going to fall into the line for this franchise and this organization And we're going to find out pretty fast because Buffalo, for some of their flaws, has one of the better defenses in the NFL. Cleveland in week two is likely to have one of the better defenses in the NFL. And New England in week three in New England is New England. And they are the team to beat, not just in the AFC East, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. So we'll know right away how much Sam Darnold has progressed. And hopefully it's far enough to allow the Jets to be a serious contender in 2019.